are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. Sapphire Planet. The meaning of life is deeply entrenched in the philosophical and religious concepts of existence, social ties, consciousness, and happiness, and borders on many other issues, such as symbolic meaning, ontology, value, purpose, ethics, good and evil, free will, conceptions of God, the existence of God, the soul, and the afterlife. Scientific contributions focus primarily on describing related empirical facts about the universe, exploring the context and parameters concerning the how of life. Science also provides its own recommendations for the pursuit of well-being and related conception of morality. An alternative, humanistic approach poses the question, what is the meaning of my life? The value of the question pertaining to the purpose of life may coincide with the achievement of ultimate reality or a feeling of oneness or even a feeling of sacredness. Questions about the meaning of life have been expressed in a broad variety of ways, including the following. What is the meaning of life? What is it all about? Who are we? Why are we here? What are we here for? 
What is the origin of life? What is the nature of life? What is the nature of reality? What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of one's life? What is the significance of life? What is a meaningful and valuable in life? What is the value of life? What is the reason to live? What are we living for? These questions have resulted in a wide range of competing answers and arguments, from scientific theories to philosophical, theological, and spiritual explanations. The meaning of life is a concept that provides an answer to the philosophical questions concerning the purpose and significance of life or existence in general. It can be expressed through answering a variety of related questions such as why are we here and what is life all about and what is the meaning of it all. It has been the subject of much philosophical, scientific, and theological speculation throughout history. There have been a large number of theories to these questions from many different cultural and ideological backgrounds. Even so, the meaning of life could manifest the question itself. What is the meaning of life? Or life seeking the meaning of itself. The philosophical perspectives on the meaning of life are those ideologies which explain life in terms of ideals or abstractions defined by humans. There are quite a few ideologies in the Western philosophical perspective. First, we start with ancient Greek philosophy. Platonism, Plato, was one of the earliest and most influential philosophers, mostly for idealism, a belief in the existence of universals. In the theory of forms, universals do not physically exist like objects, but as ghostly, heavenly forms. In the Republic, the Socrates character's dialogue describes the form of God good. In Platonism, the meaning of life is in attaining the highest form of knowledge, which is the idea of the good from which all good and just things derive utility and value. Human beings are duty-bound to pursue the good, according to Plato. Aristotle, an apprentice of Plato, 
was another early and influential philosopher who argued that ethical knowledge is not certain knowledge, but is general knowledge. Because it is not theoretic, a theoretical discipline, a person had to study and practice in order to become good. Thus, if the person were to become virtuous, he could not simply study what virtue is. He had to be virtuous via virtuous activities. To do this, Aristotle established what is virtuous. Every skill and every inquiry and similarly, every action and choice of action is thought to have some good as its object. This is why the good has rightly been defined as the object of all endeavor. Everything is done with a goal, and that goal is good. Nicomachean Ethics 1.1 Yet, Aristotle goes on. If action A is done towards achieving goal B, then goal B would also have a goal, goal C. And goal C would also have a goal. And so would continue this pattern until something stopped its infinite progression. Aristotle's solution is the highest good, which is desirable for its own sake. It is its own goal. The highest good is not desirable for the sake of achieving some other good and all other goods desirable for its sake. Thus involves achieving eukadamanania, usually translated as happiness, well-being, flourishing, and excellence. Aristotle goes on further to write, What is the highest good in all matters of action? To the name, there is almost complete agreement. For uneducated and educated alike call it happiness and make happiness identical with the good life and successful living. They disagree, however, about the meaning of happiness. Nicomachean Ethics 1.4 Cynicism In the Hellenistic period, the cynic philosophers said the purpose of living is living a life of virtue that agrees with nature. Happiness depends on being self-sufficient and master of one's mental attitude. Suffering is a consequence of false judgments of value, which cause negative emotions and 
a concomitant of vicious character. The cynical life rejects conventional desires for wealth, power, health, and fame by being free of the possessions acquired in pursuing the conventional. As reasoning creatures, people could achieve happiness via rigorous training by living in a way natural to human beings. The world equally belongs to everyone. So suffering is caused by false judgments of what is valuable and what is worthless per the customs and conventions of society. Cyreneism, founded by Aristippus of Cyrene, was an early Socratic school that emphasized only one side of Socrates' teachings, that happiness is one of the ends of moral action, and that pleasure is the supreme good. Thus, a hedonistic worldview, wherein bodily gratification is more intense than mental pleasure. Sereniacs prefer immediate gratification to the long-term gain of delayed gratification. Denial is an unpleasant happiness. To Epicurus, the greatest good is seeking modest pleasures to attain tranquility and freedom from fear via knowledge, friendship, and virtuous, temperate living. Bodily pain is absent through one's knowledge of the working of the world and of the limits of one's desires. Combine freedom from pain and freedom from fear are happiness in its highest form. Epicurus lauded enjoyment of simple pleasures in his quasi-ascetic abstination from sex and the appetites. Quote, When we say that pleasure is the end and aim, we do not mean the pleasures of the prodigal or the pleasures of sensuality, as we are understood to do by some through ignorance, prejudice, or willful misrepresentation. By pleasure, we mean the absence of pain in the body and of trouble in the soul. It is not by an unbroken succession of drinking bouts and of reverie, not by sexual lust, nor the enjoyment of fish and other delicacies of a luxurious table, which produces a pleasant life. It is sober reasoning, searching out the grounds of every choice and avoidance and banishing those beliefs thought which the greatest tumults take possession 
of the soul. Unquote. The Epicurean meaning of life rejects immortality and mysticism. Yes, there is a soul, but it is as mortal as the body. There is no afterlife. Yet, one need not fear death because, quote, death is nothing to us, for that which is dissolved is without sensation, and that which lacks sensation is nothing to us, unquote. Stoicism teaches that living according to reason and virtue is to be in harmony with the universe's divine order, entailed by one's recognition of the universal logos or reason, an essential value of all people. The meaning of life is freedom from suffering. That is, being objective, having clear judgment, and not indifference. Stoicism's prime directives are virtue, reason, and natural law, abided to develop personal self-control and mental fortitude as means of overcoming destructive emotions. The Stoic does not seek to extinguish emotions, only to avoid, avoid emotional troubles by developing clear judgment and inner calm through diligently practiced logic, reflection, and concentration. The Stoic ethical foundation is that good lies in the state of the soul itself exemplified in wisdom and self-control, thus improving one's spiritual well-being. Virtue consists in a will which is in agreement with nature. The principle applies to one's personal relations thus, to be free from anger, envy, and jealousy. Enlightenment philosophy. The Enlightenment and the colonial era both changed the nature of European philosophy and exported it worldwide. Devotion and subservience to God were largely replaced by notions of inalienable natural rights and the potential of reason and universal ideas of love and compassion gave way to civic notions of freedom, equality, and citizenship. The meaning of life changed as well, focusing less on humankind's relationship to God and more on the relationship between individuals and their society. This era is filled with theories that equate meaningful existence with social order. 
Classical liberalism is a set of ideas that arose in the 17th and 18th centuries out of the conflict between a growing wealthy propertied class and the established aristotic and religious orders that dominated Europe. Liberalism cast humans as beings with inalienable natural rights, including the rights to retain the wealth generated by one's own work, and sought out means to balance rights across society. Broadly speaking, it considered individual liberty to be the most important goal, because only through insured liberty are the other inherent rights protected. There are many forms and derivations of liberalism, but their central conceptions of the meaning of life trace back to three main ideas. Early thinkers such as John Locke, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and Adam Smith saw humankind's beginning in the state of nature, then finding meaning for the existence through labor and property, and using social contracts to create an environment that supports those efforts. Cantonism is a philosophy based on the ethical, epistemological, and metaphysical works of Immanuel Kant. Kant is known for his deontological theory, where there is a single moral obligation. The famous categorical imperative derived from the concept of duty. Kantians believe all actions are performed in accordance with some underlying maximum or principle, and for actions to be ethical, they must adhere to the categorical imperative. Simply put, the test is that one must universalize the maximum, imagining that all people acted in this way, and then see if it would still be possible to perform the maximum in the world without contradiction. In Groundwork, Kant gives the example of a person who seeks to borrow money without intending to pay it back. This is a contradiction, because if it were a universal action, no person would lend money anymore as he knows that he will never be paid back. The maximum of this action, says Kant, results in a contradiction in conceivability, and thus contradicts perfect duty and the prime directive. Kant also denied 
that the consequences of an act in any way contribute to the moral worth of that act. His reasoning being that the physical world is outside one's full control and thus one cannot be held accountable for events that occur in it. In the 19th century, philosophy continued to evolve. The origins of utilitarianism can be traced back as far as Epicurus, but as a school of thought, it is credited to Jeremy Bentham, who found that nature has placed mankind under the governance of two sovereign masters, pain and pleasure. Then, from that moral insight, deriving the rule of utility, that the good is whatever brings the greatest happiness to the greatest number of people. He defined the meaning of life as the greatest happiness principle. Jeremy Bentham's foremost proponent was James Mill, a significant philosopher in his day and father of John Stuart Mill. The younger Mill was educated per Bentham's principles, including transcribing and summarizing much of his father's work. Nihilism suggests that life is without objective meaning. Friedrich Nietzsche characterized nihilism as emptying the world, and especially human existence, of meaning, purpose, comprehensible truth, and essential value. Succinctly, nihilism is the process of the devaluing of the highest values. Seeing the nihilist as a natural result of the idea that God is dead and insisting it was something to overcome, his questioning of the nihilist life-negating values returned meaning to the earth. To Martin Heidegger, nihilism is the movement whereby being is forgotten and is transformed into value. In other words, the reduction of being to exchange value. Heidegger, in accordance with Nietzsche, saw in the so-called death of God a potential source for nihilism. If God, as the supersensory ground and goal of all reality, is dead, if the supersensory world of the ideas has suffered the loss of its obligatory and above it its vitalizing and upbuilding power, then nothing more remains to which man can cling and by which he can orient himself. 
The French philosopher Albert Camus asserts the absurdity of the human condition is that people search for external values and meaning in a world which has none and is indifferent to them. Camus writes of the value nilis such as Mersault, but also of values in an illicit world that people can instead strive to be heroic nihilists, living with dignity in the face of absurdity, living with secular saintliness, fraternal solitary, and rebelling against and transcending the world's indifference. As the 20th century came around, philosophy and the meaning of life continued to expand. The current era has seen radical changes in conceptions of human nature. Modern science has effectively rewritten the relationship of humankind to the natural world. Advances in medicine and technology have freed us from some of the limitations and elements of previous eras and philosophy, particularly following the linguistic turn altered how the relationships people have with themselves and each other's is conceived. Questions about the meaning of life have seen equally radical changes, from attempts to reevaluate human existence in biological and scientific terms, as in pragmatism and logical positivism, to efforts to meta-theorize about meaning-making as an activity, as in existentialism and secular humanism. Pragmatism originated in the late 19th century, early 20th century in the U.S. to concern itself mostly with truth, positioning that only in struggling with the environment do data and derived theories have meaning, and that consequences like utility and practicality are also components of truth. Moreover, pragmatists position that anything useful and practical is not always true, arguing that what most contributes to the human good in the long course is true. In practice, theoretical claims must be practically verifiable one should be able to predict and test claims and that ultimately the needs of mankind should guide human intellectual inquiry. Pragmatic philosophers suggest that the practical 
useful understanding of life is more important than searching for an impractical, abstract truth about life. William James argued that truth could be made, but not sought. To a pragmatist, the meaning of life is discoverable only via experience. Existentialism. Each man and each woman creates the essence or meaning of his and her life. Life is not determined by a supernatural God or an earthly authority. One is free. As such, one's ethical prime directives are action, freedom, and decision. Thus, existentialism opposes rationalism and positivism. In seeking me meaning to life, the existentialist looks to where people find meaning in life, in course of which using only reason as a source of meaning is insufficient. The insufficiency gives rise to the emotion of anxiety and dread felt in facing one's radical freedom and the awareness of death. To the existentialist, existence precedes essence. The essence of one's life arises only after one comes into existence. Soren Kierkegaard coined the term leap of faith, arguing that life is full of absurdity and one must make his and her own values in an indifferent world. One can leave, live meaningfully free of despair and anxiety in an unconditional commitment to something finite and devotes that meaningful life to the commitment despite the vulnerability inherent to doing so. Arthur Schopenhauer answered, What is the meaning of life? By determining that one's life reflects one's will, and that one's will, or life, is aimless, irrational, and painful drive, salvation, deliverance, and escape from suffering are aesthetic contemplation, sympathy for others, and asceticism. For Frederick Nietzsche, life is worth living only if there are goals inspiring one to live. Accordingly, he saw nihilism, which means all that happens is meaningless, as without goals. He discredited asceticism 
because it denies one living in the world. Denied that values are objective facts that are rationally necessary, universally binding commitments. Our evaluations are interpretations and not reflections of the world as it is in itself and therefore all ideations take place from a particular perspective. Absurdism Quote, In spite of or in defense of the whole of existence, he wills to be himself within it, to take it along, almost defying his torment, for to hope in the possibility of help, not to speak of help by virtue of the absurd, that for God all things are possible, no, that he will not do, and as for seeking help from any other, no, he will not do for all the world, rather than seek help, he would prefer to be himself, with all the tortures of hell, if so it must be. Soren Kierkegaard, The Sickness Unto Death, end quote. In, absurd, in absurdity philosophy, the absurd arises out of the fundamental disharmony between the individual's search for the meaning and the apparent meaningless of the universe. As beings looking for meaning in a meaningless world, humans have three ways of resolving the dilemma. Kierkegaard and Camus describe the solutions in their work The Sickness Unto Death, 1849, and The Myth of Sisyphus, 1942. 1. Suicide, or Escaping Existence, a solution in which a person simply ends one's own life. Both Kierkegaard and Camus dismiss the viability of this option. 2. Religious belief in a transcendent realm or being, a solution in, one which, in which one believes in the existence of a reality that is beyond the absurd and, as such, has meaning. Kickard stated that belief in anything beyond the absurd requires a non-rational but perhaps necessary religious acceptance in such an intangible and empirically unprovable thing, now commonly referred to as a leap of faith. However, Camus regarded this solution as philosophical suicide. 3. Acceptance of the Absurd A solution in which one accepts and even embraces the absurd and continues to live in spite of it. Camus endorsed this solution, while Kierkegaard regarded this solution as 
demonic madness. He rages most of all at the thought that eternity might get into its head to take him's misery from him." Unquote. Secular Humanism For secular humanism, the human race came to be by reproducing in a progression of unguided evolution as an integral part of nature, which is self-existing. Knowledge does not come from supernatural sources, but from human observation, experimentation, and rational analysis, also known as the scientific method. The nature of the universe is what people discern it to be. Likewise, values and realities are determined by means of intelligent inquiry and are derived from human need and interest as tested by experience, that is, by critical intelligence. As far as we know, the total personality is a function of the biological organism transacting in a social and cultural context. People determine human purpose without supernatural influence. It is the human personality or general sense that is the purpose of the human being's life. Humanism seeks to develop and fulfill. Humanism affirms our ability and responsibility to lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment that aspire to the greater good of humanity. Humanism aims to promote enlightened self-interest, the common good for all people. It is based on the premise that the happiness of the individual person is inextricably linked to the well-being of humanity as a whole, in part because humans are social animals who find meaning in personal relations and because cultural progress benefits everybody living in the culture. The philosophical subgenres, posthumanism and transhumanism, are extensions of humanistic values. One should seek the advancement of humanity and of all life to the greatest degree feasible. To reconcile Renaissance humanism with the 21st century's technoscientific culture, thus every living creature has the right to determine its personal and social meaning of life. From a humanistic, psychotherapeutic point of view, the question of the meaning of life could also be reinterpreted as what is the meaning 
of my life. Instead of becoming focused on cosmic or religious questions about overarching purpose, this approach suggests that the question is intensely personal. There are many therapeutic responses to this question. For example, Viktor Frankl argues for dereflection, which largely translates as ceasing endlessly to reflect on the self instead of engaging in one's own life. On the whole, the therapeutic response is that the question of the meaning of life evaporates if one is fully engaged in his or her own life. The question then morphs into more specific worries, such as, what delusions am I under? What is blocking my ability to enjoy things? Why do I neglect loved ones? Logical Positivists asks, What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning in asking? And, if there are no objective values, then is life meaningless? Ludwig Wittgenstein and the Logical Positivists said, Expressed in language, the question is meaningless because in life the statement the meaning of X usually denotes the consequence of X or the significance of X or what is not notable about X. Thus, when the meaning of life concept equals X as in the statement the meaning of X the statement becomes recursive and then for nonsensical or it might refer to the fact that biological life is essential to having a meaning in life. The things, people, events in the life of a person can have meaning or importance as parts of a whole. But a discrete meaning of the life itself, aside from those things, cannot be discerned. A person's life has meaning for himself, for herself, for others, as the life events resulting from his, his or her achievements, legacy, family. But to say that life itself has meaning is a misuse of the language, since any note of significance or consequence is relative only in life to the living, so rendering the statement erroneous. Bertrand Russell wrote that, although he found that his distaste for torture was not like his distaste for broccoli, he found no satisfactory empirical methods of proving this.
your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.